I've been asked this numerous times, are salespeople good salespeople? Are they born or is it a craft that they learned? And I honestly think it's both. And I more so lean towards it can be learned. It's just how much time, money, and energy you want to put into developing that craft. You're listening to Sean Kunkler, one of the top real estate agents from one of the hottest markets in the country. A master salesman, Sean knows what it takes to bring your sales skills to the next level, whether you're a natural or just trying to figure things out. And you're about to hear how to do it because Sean is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Sean Kunkler, one of the top real estate agents in the United States. Despite being based in San Francisco, which is one of the most concentrated real estate markets in the nation. He still doubled his sales volume last year, moving him into the top 7% of sales production. Of course, if you want a business and not a hobby, you have to sell. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. I, I'm excited to be here. I know you're very successful in what you do, and that's why I invite you on the show I really uh, appreciate the fact that you've got some, some great insights, and I know you have some terrific stories to share with us today. I would like to just start kind of at the beginning of things like I do with my Solopreneur Journey stories with folks I interview. What yeah. brought you into a path where you're talking about sales and real estate on Solopreneur Success? I mean, how did you get here? Because you're, you are a good sales guy, but how, how did you get down that road to hey, I, I can sell well. What, what led you down the path of selling? Because that's what we're talking about today. It's such a, that's a great question. Let me <laughs> preface it with that. But it's also like a really big and complex one. And it immediately reminded me of, and I've been asked this numerous times, are salespeople good salespeople? Are they born or is it a craft that they learned? And I honestly think it's both. And I more so lean towards it can be learned. It's just how much time, money, and energy you want to put into developing that craft. My first true sale was probably when I was about 18 years old. And I was married, or I was dating somebody at the time, and she worked for a motorcycle seat company on the East Coast. And they were having an upcoming show and they needed a driver. So... I was young and dumb and needed money. And I raised my hand. I was like, oh, totally, I'll do it. So I drove this box truck up to New York and basically was the heavy, the heavy lifter who had to like set everything up and put out the seats. And day one was the president, the VP, the two, mar uh, two salespeople that they had, the regional salespeople. And then there was me and, and now my ex. And the president gave like the spiel and I wanted to just, be helpful. I wanted to be there. I wanted to do something. And, and so he kind of gave me the pitch and I listened. And after the whole event was over, they had this big dinner and everybody was, it was a big lobster feast and the president stands up and he said, I'm going to go through the list of production and super proud. He had this big smile and said that his sales production was number one over the whole weekend. And coming in number two was me. 
<laughs> this 18-year-old kid who didn't know anything, I just happened to figure it out. And I've oftentimes like went back and, and trying to figure out like what did I do and, and like where did it come from? But that's really genuinely what sparks the love for the process. And it developed and morphed over the next two and a half decades. That's kind of interesting. So that was motorcycle seats? Is that motorcycle. Yeah. So better yet, they were, I mean, I, I, at the time I was like, well, I still am like skinny and 5'8". So it was like this, this skinny dopey kid selling Harley motorcycle seats. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, you can just kind of imagine me being a fish out of water in that little like silo you know I, I can kind of imagine that it's like it's got to be like a level of enthusiasm i just got to go go after it and uh don't say no I'm not going to take no for an answer kind of attitude it seems like to me to yeah. to get a, a a record like that uh quickly and that's that's a lot of fun i've done some sales and i've done like the telephone sales johnson that was that was that was hard. <laughs> so, oh, like you know, doing the, you know, let me set up an appointment to so come out and take a look at your windows. Isn't that fun? And I've done vacation sales. I've done that kind of stuff in the back. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't very good at all about, you know, I'm not a born salesperson. I found that that was very tough work for me, especially phone sales. I've done corporate IT sales on the phone, mm -hmm. but sales is simply part of business. And if you want something besides a hobby, you want a business, you have to sell. And I kind of mentioned that in the introduction here, but how do you become better? I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay now. How yeah. does somebody who says I have a product or a service of value approach this problem of, I need to sell this better? Where do you, where do you start? Ooh, that's a great question. So let's back up. I think, let me rephrase, I know everything is a sale. If you, if we look around at everything our eye can catch in this very moment, that thing has been sold at some point in its, in its life. And knowing that is, is the start point, is having that confidence, but then also truly understanding that we all love to buy, but we hate to be sold. And it's always in the communication. Sales is ultimately just comes down to communication. And how are you connecting with that individual? And, and how are you, I don't want to say packaging, but presenting it in a way that they can, it's similar to walking into a party and everybody in the room is speaking a different language. No matter what it is that you want to communicate, you cannot walk up to a group of people speaking Italian and bark at them in English and expect to have a result. The first thing is really listen and identify with the consumer, who, whomever it is, and whatever it is. Everything within the business sold. You're selling your ideas to your employees. You're selling your business. You're selling a concept. Even when you and I met, that was a sale. Which, that's actually a funny story. Now, if you don't mind, I would yeah, love to share it. Yeah, sure. So my assistant reached out to you and said, hey, it was something to the effect of, I think Sean would be a great fit for the show. Here's kind of his track record. Here's a little supplementary video for you to take a look at. And your response, I loved. And it was, 
I, I respect it and I appreciate it so deeply. You you said kind of like a parent protecting their young. And you said my is something to the effect of and I'll paraphrase, but your your client base are fiercely independent solopreneurs and you're constantly looking for a higher caliber of person to interview. Like basically thank you, but no thank you. And most sales don't happen until the seventh no, but most people give up after the first no. And and that was a really easy point for me to be like, well, I'm out. And I remember sitting on the email for a good day, like thinking about it. And the first thing I had to do was enter your world. Like this guy is protecting his 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 community, has standards. Love that. Like I appreciate that. And so I had to take you from a no to a maybe, not a no to a yes, as most sales. And I had to just create enough of a fracture to continue the conversation. And I remember saying, like, thank you so much for, for your response, which I honored it. And then went on to say, actually, that video is, it's kind of like a scalpel. And unfortunately, this conversation needs a hammer and that video was designed and created to help my clients connect with me, to build a relationship, to start the conversation of them hiring me. And essentially identified with you saying, I understand how that's the wrong market to message match. And then left no question, left no invite, left no call to action, if you will. And your response was something to be effective. And I loved it. You said, it sounds like we should have a 15 minute coffee or something. And I was like, yeah, we totally should. And then we connected and it was, it's been great ever since. Yeah, it sure has. And, and I, I remember that too, because I, I do say no to people. I don't just let anybody come on the show because I, I really do want to provide value. And it doesn't mean you have to be like top of your field, but I want you to have a story that's going to resonate with our audience to help. It could be somebody maybe just a little bit past starting out, but they have something of value to share. That's perfectly fine. But like you said, yeah. it, you know, I do protect the audience. I want those who hear this, the stories here to get value. And I know you have value there, but I didn't get that from the original email. I got that from our, our virtual coffee that we had, our 15-minute chat. Yeah. I think it turned into 30-minute chat, if I remember right. <laughs> but it, it did. It, it just like, it was a great conversation. And as all good ones, they just kind of keep going. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, yeah, you got to come on the show. I, now, I, now I get why I should have Sean on the show after we kind of connected there. And like you said, we have to communicate. We have to learn each other's language a little bit. And that's exactly what yeah. we had to do there. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I want to kind of bring it back because you, you are in the real estate field. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's certainly a, a field of sales. So what brought you into real estate specifically? That's a great question. So my career path has been, as the crow flies, I've, done many, I've sold motorcycle seats. I've sold air which is advertising space. <laughs> um, it, that's incredibly, that's telemarketing. It's incredibly hard. I, I do better with tangibles, homes. I sold bicycles when I was younger. The, really where I honed my skill and learned a new level of selling is my, I moved from Connecticut to San Francisco and I did so to study, a part of it was I wanted a change, but I wanted to study martial arts. And that was one of the major hubs in the world, the birthplace of Bruce Lee. 
And I got my black belt and worked my way up through the ranks, eventually became program director. And within that, every day is a sale. Is I'm, I'm bringing new, new students in, but then I have to retain them. I have to keep them. And that's, it's a business not dissimilar from every other business out there. And with that, I really tipped my focus to relationships and to get away from the hard sale or the aggressive close, but really build in that realm. From there, I had business partners. I started, we had a martial art company that would go in and teach self-defense. Did that for a while. We were building to build essentially a chain of schools. And I reached a point where I just realized that wasn't, that's not where I wanted to go. And at the time I was working at a very affluent gym, which is more slightly classed as a, a country club. And I would work out in the middle pocket of the day. And this, this guy, Dean, and I would work out all the time. And he was in real estate. He was on the commercial side. And one day he told me how much he made. And my, after I picked up my jaw off the floor, I ordered the real estate course and started. And that was really how I started. I took all those different skills and I put them together. And, and I think it's really cool selling real estate because it's, you know, of the three basics, food, shelter, water, it's, it's right up there. It's number two. So that's how I evolved into it. That's a good point. Uh, I want to press you a little bit on that because when you started brand new, you, you have to get the ball rolling somehow. And a lot of people listening to the show are, are the brand new business owners, or maybe they just have an idea, don't even have a business yet. So to begin your first sales, how, how do you get your first sale in real estate, for example? How did that come about? So it, this is interesting. So when I started, I was new at real estate, but I wasn't new at life. And I, I think that's a subtle detail that people sometimes just forget is sit down and write down your skills and then, and how they relate. So I came into real estate having a sales background. I understood how to manage a pipeline. I've developed other things and products and services. So I understood how to, the importance of systems and I understood how to manage people and have goals. And so it was just a matter of putting it together. The rule of martial arts is Bruce Lee said, it's a constant process of taking away what's not essential. And so pulling it all together and then getting rid of things. I feel probably one of the strongest things any entrepreneur can do literally at this minute as their, their mini homework assignment, but write down and this is really hard. It's, it's genuinely, this is probably the hardest thing to do is have an honest conversation with yourself and say, my weaknesses are, and put those pen to paper. And then after you get all done with that, put, that is my attribute because, and how do you then spin that into your strength? So in martial arts, I'm 5'8", and I was a whopping 140 at the time. I'm small. I, like, I can't take a hit like a 200-pound guy who's 6'4 can. Like, it's a very different experience. So my weakness was I was small. The attribute was I was incredibly fast. 
So how do I become incredibly faster? So every time they throw one punch, I throw three and I block them. How do I move to where they're not? And so when I came into real estate, I knew I didn't have the years of experience. I didn't have the big book of business. Okay. So how's that a strength? Well, I don't have a big book of business means I'm not overbooked. So the first client I take gets my undivided attention. They get a boutique experience. That's my attribute. And I actually, I, so it's, it's San Francisco. I meet this guy who's just a really, you know, when you meet with somebody and they're just really authentic and click, met him, was talking him up. And then he, he looked at the property. I gave him my business card and he left. And then I get a call about 45 minutes later and he said, Sean, is that what he I found this property. I want to write an offer. Can you do it? And I was like, to keep in mind, the house that I'm at is a shade under $3 million. This is an incredibly large commission check. And my stomach sank. And I said, and I mustered every bit of courage I could. And I was like, yep, I can help. <laughs> yeah, you and bet. Said, I was like, you bet. I'm, I'm there for it. And he said, how long have you been doing this? And then I was, my stomach sank. And I remember I was walking up the stairs. It was the end of the open house and I was turning off lights and I stopped. And like, you know, when you get like a little bit like lightheaded and I was like, shoot. And I didn't use that word. And I said to him, you know, Richard, I haven't been doing this very long and I don't have many sales under my belt. But because of that, I do not have a full book of business and I will work harder than any other agent you can meet. So when you're ready to do anything, you pick up the phone and call me, I will answer. And he said, all right, let's do this. And I was like floored and blown away. And then after we wrote that offer, we came in second. We unfortunately didn't get it. And he said to me, you're right. You are the hardest working agent I could have asked for. And then we proceeded to look at a few more properties. And he wrote an offer and still lives in the same home. I'm blessed to still be friends with him. He's actually been a great mentor. He owns, without giving too much, he owns a very large construction, something related to construction within San Francisco, but is number one, like hands down by far. Um, and he's the CEO of that. So that's genuinely how I cut my teeth and got started. So my long-winded answer to all of that is to figure out how to make your weakness with that thing you're uncomfortable about and turn that into your attribute and lead with that piece. Yeah, that's a tremendous story. I love that because there's so many people that are like, what if somebody asked me about my experience, my background? And, and that just nails it. It's how do you say, okay, maybe I'm a little less experienced, but <laughs> was that, was, there was the, uh, I think it was a car rental place or something had this thing. We're number two, so we work harder. <laughs> so Yeah, right? I love that. I love the underdog because they work harder. Especially number two, fighting to be number one, hands down, I will put all my bets on every time. So somebody's new to this, they say, okay, I, I can take my weakness, turn it into a strength. What do you mm -hmm. recommend as far as, one thing you said already was communication. And that's certainly a yeah. key. Relationship building. I believe any kind of real business is based on relationships. You, know, you can sell you know, ice to the Eskimo once, but if you want a long-term profitable business, you build relationships. What else is important in this process? You also mentioned pipeline. There's a lot of things we could talk about in sales, I know. But where would you say, okay, you got your first sale. How do you start building a book of business or 
building your clientele or boosting your subscription numbers or whatever the kind of business it is, where would you go next? It's tricky to answer because it depends on the business. My business is very, it's very physical, whereas your business is virtual. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's face to face, like we're doing literally right at this moment, which we're building a relationship, we're building rapport, but we're not physically seeing each other. And then doing telemarketing, you're then building over the phone. So in the future, in the near future, I want to say it's the 17th, but you can confirm it. I'm, I'm set up to teach, which I'm really excited about. And what I will actually cover, there's three things that need to happen for a sale to happen. And within those three things, three things need to stack into those. And we will absolutely unpack that and how those all relate to each other. But I think the mindset that I go into this, granted my business is different. So because of that, it's, it's, I'm crafting it, what I'm about to share around that. But I think of, I try to view my clients as my mom and a celebrity and kind of the cross between the two. Like I will take care of my mom, like no one else. I will do whatever it takes, but that would give her the attentiveness like I would a celebrity. And I build on that because in my business, if the average person doesn't move on a national level for 14 years, for 13 and a half of those years, I can't sell you anything, but I can build the relationship. And what's more fascinating is you will know three people this year who are thinking about moving. Those then become my referrals. And that's how, like from my business, that's where it's all, it's all bridged from. And I feel the one thing we more often overlook in business or with relationship is one, do the right thing. But two, how are you bonding and building that relationship? An example, a good example, and, and we'll have to imagine outside of COVID, but when you walk into your local cafe and you order a coffee and leave, in a day, you'll forget who served you, male or female, tall or short. You just won't remember because there's no bond, there's no relationship. But if they, if you paid with a credit card and they looked at it and they're like, oh, Steve, nice to meet you, I'm Sean. That's one little increment. And then they said, hey, I, you come in here every other day and you order the same coffee. I'm curious, what do you like about it? And you said, oh, I like this and that. And they're like, oh, have you tried this? Let me give you a sample. That's a relationship. They're, they're building reciprocity and they're building that next piece. And then they said, hey, you know what? We're actually coming out. We're releasing a new coffee next month. I would love to share it with you before it comes out. What's the best email for you? Like at that point, you wouldn't feel invaded upon and sold. And then they gave you the email and then they followed up with, hey, really wonderful meeting you. As I mentioned, that other coffee is coming out in two weeks. I'll keep you updated. And then in two weeks, they said, hey, the coffee's here. I would love for you to come in and try it. First cup's on me. That person, you'd be like, dude, that's awesome. That's my coffee shop. That's where yeah. I go. And uh -huh. you drive that extra mile and then you bring all your friends and you're like, dude, stop going there. Go there. These, <laughs> these people are awesome. Because they took a minute to change the conversation, to speak Italian with you, if you will, 
and they built from there. And that's over a $2 product. And, and they have now are, they have the foundational structure to have a client for life because right. of that. Yeah, it's not a $2 relationship for life. Over a lifetime, you know, I, I spend hundreds of dollars on coffee a year. Exactly. Uh, easily. And, that's, and that's, you know, just at home. Not to count all the coffees I'll buy when I'm out and about. You're telling this story and I'm thinking like, yeah, I want that coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I, I really like, do. Oh, it's like, like awesome. I wouldn't be able to sell it at all. I, take that free cup of coffee. I'm coming over. <laughs> My secret was twofold. And, and we've talked about this offline is the first thing is I, I focused on building the systems on the back end. So I had formula. I put down on paper, how do you build a relationship? Like, how do you build these bonds with people? And then two, I hired a relationship manager. That was my first hire. And she was tasked with helping me create the greenhouse, if you will, for that relationship to grow. And that's where it all started. Yeah, now that, that, that fascinates me. I, I would love to hear, if you don't mind sharing, what kind of tasks would your relationship manager do? How does that look in your business? Yeah, so that's a, a good question. I will share as much as I feel comfortable with <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, you know all, like, all the competitors, right, coming up listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, nipping at my heels of like, oh my gosh, this is what I do now. So this is what's fascinating about it, is with real estate is – my stepsister in Connecticut called me because her dad was wanting to sell his home in Rhode Island. I get the call in California as to, hey, what can you do to help? And I jumped in with, oh, I would be more than happy to help. I actually know a handful of amazing realtors there who will be able to provide outstanding service. Let me go ahead and make that introduction. So she knew. I did that and can do that because of my marketing. So that was the marketing piece for me to communicate. That's a service that I can provide regardless of where you are in the world. So that's how that piece was built. So to kind of backflow into that, like what does that look like? Is, you know, I really, I feel like I'm just a student of the world and I looked at, my really good friends or I look at like business partners or I look at different different things and I just think about well how did, how did that relationship build and what did that look like so it, it starts really little is take all of the contacts out of your phone and put them in one place and take all of the contacts out of LinkedIn and put them in one place and Facebook and your all of these emails and put them all into one place now do you have their birthdays for everybody? Do you have those? So the task for my assistant was figure out how to find all of those emails, or um, I'm sorry, the, their birth dates. And let's start there. So that was a huge project. I had thousands of names. And it's like, okay, so honoring somebody on their birthday is a first step. So what's the, what's the easy thing to do? Shoot an email. What's the second thing to do that's a little bit harder? Send a text. What's a little bit more personal than that. We'll call them. What's a little bit more personal than that? Take them to coffee. What's a little bit more than that? Take them to dinner. So really stepping back and thinking about how relationships are built and approaching them that way. And again, leading with relationship 
and then backfilling with, and this is what I do, because for me, it's, it's a product, it's, it's a service I provide. And, and that's really where my assistant started. And then it morphed into helping me throw events and making sure that gifts go out at the different holidays, making sure proof of success information is being communicated out. And it just kept building from there. Now, is that the same person that reached out to me originally, or is that a different person then? No, that's my other assistant. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. <laughs> Yeah, so I the my very first hire was a virtual assistant and I use her to this day. My business as I shared is about relationships. And it's about how do I connect with with people? How do I connect with you? Who then helps me connect with your audience and connects me to because again, my my entire business is the likelihood of you selling a home and you using me is very small. But the likelihood of you introducing me to somebody is incredibly high. So I focus on that and not some high pressure, just hard hitting sales tactic. Yeah, that, I'm right on board with that. It's, it's funny, there's a couple of things that came to mind. Number one, as we record this interview, and this is June 19th as we record this, and you're right, the 17th, which is July 17th, we are going to be together and listen to the end of this podcast because I'm going to tell you how you can get into that training for free if you're not already a member of our Solopreneur Success Connections community. You definitely don't want to miss Sean's training. It's going to be really good. And he's going to go into the nitty gritty of sales. But I was just thinking, you know, as we have this conversation here on June 19th, when we record this, is that I just this week hired a VA to help nice. me with much the exact same thing because I, I have literally, I'm, I'll show you my, my stack. You won't see this on, on the audio, but I've got a whole stack of papers here because I spend you know, hours a week, just making connections with people, having conversations. And, and it's not at all about having an opportunity to make a sale. It's all about building relationships, um, mm -hmm. seeing where I can provide value to people. Can I make an introduction to somebody? Can I provide a resource that'll be valuable to you? Can I give you some advice in an area of business that I have some thoughts on that can help you? And that's the kind of conversations I do all the time. Kind of those virtual coffees, you know, Sean and I had a virtual coffee. I do that many times a week just to talk with people. And the problem is I'm overwhelmed with all these, this, this information and I want to stay on top of it. So I had to get a VA to give you a hand. <laughs> so yeah. So if you, if you need a VA, definitely consider it. It's worth every penny to, to have somebody to help you stay on top of this very important part of your business, which is building relationships. So things don't fall through the cracks. And it's not that you're thoughtless. It's that we are all busy people. And as you get busier, uh, you want to have systems and processes in place that will mm. allow you to stay on top of it. But yeah, definitely come to the 17th training. Be here for that. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be really good. I'm excited for that. And you know what my tipping point for hiring a virtual assistant? So I'm sales and I need to be sales minded. So every morning when I sit down at my desk, I write down my to-dos for the day. Like, what are my big action items that I intend to finish today? And then within that, I put a dollar sign next to anything that can make me money in the next week. And that stuff gets done first. And then what I do is at the end of the month, I take a look and I go through everything that I've done. And then anything that repeats itself, I highlight. And then I took all of those things, like sending out a newsletter or updating some of the reports or posting to LinkedIn or 
introducing me to people or keeping track of my calendar, I started pushing those off of my plate to then free up my time to do more of those, those crucial income producing tasks. And that was really the tipping point. And she's been amazing, like outstanding. And I, I progressively, I actually just hire her full time. She works so many hours for me and I have another business. She's doing a ton of work on that as well. And then within that, I needed somebody who's more boots on the ground, if you will. And that was my relationship manager, who was my, my first true hire. And to back up on that piece, I remember reading a story about a gentleman who was, he was the number one, you can Google this, he was the number one auto salesman for decades. And he, the individual, outsold complete like franchise shops. He, this one person outsold. And I mean, he wasn't like kind of like above, he was above everybody. And his secret to success, I think he was 70s, 80s, like somewhere in that time frame. He would send a card, a handwritten card a month to everybody he knew. And it got to the point where it was tens of thousands of cards that were going out every month. These people would hear from him. 12 times in a month. So you know that when they were going to buy or sell a car, they called him. When they knew anybody, they sent him back. And it's similar to the, the barista story is everybody got sent back to that one place because they knew that same experience would be given to the next person. Yeah. And that's, that's really important too, to keep in mind, if you want somebody to refer somebody to you, you have to A, provide value, but to you, you have to provide a great experience. And yeah. when you provide that great experience, you're building relationships and, and that's, you know, it's who, you know, how do you get to know somebody? You build a relationship. So that, that's true. It is who, you know, so get to know some people. And, and uh, with that, we are getting a little bit towards the end of our time. I'd love for you to share with us how people can learn more about you. I know you have a book, you have a website. Tell us about them. Yeah, for sure. So I have, I know it's a little bit specific, but it's the insider's guide to home buying the San Francisco edition. And to back up, let's, let's unpack that for just one quick second, yeah. is I, I wrote that book with the sole intention to help confused buyers move up in the educational process for when they're buying a home. So then it's a natural, easy conversation for them to call me because they're already pre-introduced to me through the book. So that's, it was a leg of my marketing. And that's that book, The Insider's Guide, can be found on Amazon. Um, and I, you can actually click through from my website. My website is essentially my bread and butter of where to find me, which is seanconkler.com, as well as all the other social media platforms out there. Sean, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, as always, great talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. If you liked the podcast, you'll love the all-new Solopreneur Success Connections community at solopreneurcoach.com. 
Here you'll get exclusive access to our private, members-only community of business builders, free business building resources, and live online monthly training designed to accelerate your business success. Join us now at solopreneurcoach.com. Hey, Solopreneurs, it's Steve Combs again. You can find all the show notes for this episode at solopreneurcoach.com forward slash 026. If you like this episode, you'll love Sean's free live sales training available exclusively to members of my Solopreneur Success Connections community this Friday, July 17th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're not a member yet, use discount code SS30FREE to take a 30-day free, no-obligation membership test drive. You'll find that discount code and the link to join my Solopreneur Success Connections community on the show notes page for every episode. And if you join today, you'll not only get to join the live training with Sean Kunkler on Friday, you'll also get to learn how to make a mini-fortune with affiliate marketing direct from 8-figure affiliate marketer John Cristani on July 29th. You may remember the fun interview I did with him in episode 18. Again, that training is free for every member of my community. And finally, if you've been feeling a little stir-crazy lately, you'll definitely want to catch my next episode with Tom Barslow, who created an amazing virtual portal to enjoy actual escape rooms from around the world from the safety and comfort of your own home. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you won't miss it. Talk to you next time.